Hello and welcome to the 10-Minute Leadership Podcast. I'm Dr. Oren Hertz. I hope you are doing well. We are in Chapter 98. And today we're going to talk, in this episode rather, we're going to talk about the ripple effects of bad leadership. First and foremost, I hope you are doing well and I guess uh, staying warm, right? We're getting into the winter time, uh, right about December, the time of recording right now. I uh, tend to uh, talk about the weather because I think everyone uh, is experiencing some sort of uh, weather patterns. So it's good small talk, isn't it? Anyway, uh, we don't get to really talk. I get to talk, you get to listen, but I think it's a polite way to greet people and and, um, care about the weather in their area, especially if you live in Florida. Now here, I got myself into trouble. All right, let's get serious uh, here. Um, I am recording on a Sunday, so I'm in a very jolly mood today because uh, it's uh, it's been a nice and relaxing day. Let's talk about the ripple effects of bad leadership and what triggered this episode, if I'm, if I'm honest, uh, was an experience I've observed in a recent cruise I took. And I'm going to um, keep the cruise line anonymous just to be fair and to protect the innocent. And uh, it would, there were actually several observations on this ship, and, and it triggered the idea for this episode, something that we all probably know, but this is a really good reminder. And there's also going to be some sort of a connection between this episode and next episode, and you'll see here in a minute. And so what I've observed on this ship, uh, it was overall a good cruise, but I've observed inconsistency in service, different Food and beverage venues had better service, different bars had better service, others had mediocre to, dare I say, bad service. And then I thought to myself, okay, well, what's going on? Obviously, this is uh, connection, connected to leadership, so let's, uh, let's connect the dots together. I remember a specific incident in the buffet dining room, which every ship has that. And I remember observing some sort of a person in a leadership capacity. I'm guessing this person was a shift supervisor and he was running around like a headless chicken, very dramatic, very busy and and very pissy too. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like a really, just a very abrupt energy. And I I clearly remember him entering the kitchen, not realizing how loud he was. He was raising his voice in general, not at someone specifically. And I've observed two employees exiting the kitchen after interacting with him briefly. And you could see how their face went from light to 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 dark and what i mean by that dim i should say from light to dim how the light dimmed and so this person the supervisor with his interactions with the employees and with his energy and with his attitude had really taken away the energy from the employees that are now passenger facing and i could see it it was so I don't know if, if I'm hypersensitive to it or it was just very obvious to anyone who would see the scenario. Now, I have to tell you that I had the opportunity. This was partially a work cruise. And as you know by now, I, I teach hospitality management and I've worked in this industry for many years. 
in a variety of leadership positions. And so I had the opportunity to talk to some of the food and beverage leadership on the ship. And I have to tell you that I was highly impressed. Really nice people either present themselves really well. I didn't really detect any kind of like bad leadership in them. But then again, it was short conversations. It wasn't really an interview or anything like that. But then when I continued observing other uh, food and beverage leaders on the ship, I've noticed similar patterns. I've noticed some supervisors, uh, and you can identify them by a name tag and different uniform, that they weren't very hospitable, weren't very happy. And the point of this episode is that this trickles down to the employees. And then it affects the passengers who are hardworking people paying a lot of money to go on a cruise and deserve really good service. Now, there is an anomaly here, and I have to address this because we are talking about a cruise ship and there there are some unique aspects on a cruise ship, uh, specifically the contracts. And let's talk about the contracts because I did get to talk to, I forget, I think it was the hotel manager on the ship. And the hotel manager admitted to me that some employees get really burnt out towards the end of their contract. So cruise ships have contracts anywhere between anywhere between six to nine months. And this means that employees are on the ship for a long period of time, away from home, working really hard. They do have legalities on the ship. In other words, they can't work employees 18 hours with no breaks, right? There is a schedule, there are breaks, uh, there is a labor, there are labor protection laws that are protecting employees on the ship, but it is hard work. Because if you really think about it, most traditional jobs, if you will, when at the end of the day, you get to go home, you get to sleep in your own bed, you get to hang out with your friends and family, perhaps, you have your routine. On a ship, it's different. You go below deck and you sleep in a little cabin with um, no daylight in it because there's no windows and you're away from home and you're away from your family and many cruise ship employees are uh, foreign J1. I'm sorry, I don't know if it's a J1 visa because it's a Siemens visa. So I'm not sure the exact name. Anyway, they are um, foreign workers, not necessarily US force workers, uh, which makes it arguably even worse because they are really, really far away from their, their family. They're from all over the world and their family is nowhere in sight, family, friends, and, and anything that is familiar to them. So we have to consider this. But what's the resolution, right? So we can say, okay, well, we should forgive ship employees that really work hard. No doubt, no doubt. I am not discounting it whatsoever. I've never worked on a ship. Uh, just by observation, I, I, I don't know that I could, at least not at my age now. <laughs> I'm too old for this. Um, perhaps when I was younger, but it's hard work, no doubt. It's hard work and it's hard also psychologically. And I had some discussions about it with HR people about how do you uh, address it psychologically and how do you uh, take care of your employees' mentals, uh, mental well-being and mental health. And there are protocols in place. I was really happy to hear that because, uh, you know, it's they deserve <laughs> to live a good life. Yeah, they make good money. They save a lot of money, but this doesn't mean that they can be abused, right? This is never the case. So what's the solution, right? We are, this is a solution-oriented podcast. And the solution is that the low-hanging fruit, what I can see is is immediate change in contracts. So if 
what cruise lines should consider, and I'm not providing consultancy here, but just an idea, is to look at the length of the contract and compare it to the mental state of the employee. And if it's too much, if towards the end, if the last month, the last few weeks of the contract, employees get really burnt out, then perhaps consider shortening contract, uh, shortening, sorry, uh, shortening contracts. So instead of six months, three months. Now, I know it probably boils down to, to profitability and money, but what's more important, right? And this is a, a consistent pattern that you probably have identified in this podcast that you want to be good to your employees so your employees can be good to your customers, passengers, whatever the case might be. So the customers, passengers or patrons, right, come back. And that's really important. And so if we don't pay attention to it, if we if we just say, well, you know, we've always done six months contract, then there's no solution here. So this is just one idea. And the second part, and again, I, I speak out of school here because I don't know, I don't hire for the cruise lines, is to carefully look at the hiring protocols, which sips into next week, next week's episode where I'm going to talk about hiring versus selecting employees. So you want to select the right people that are really that really have the mental capacity to do the job. Because again, especially on a cruise ship, it's different. It's very different. And I use this as an example because it is a different example and it is something for us to think about. And the lesson here and what we can get out of this episode is that it is our responsibility as leaders to find the connection, to follow the breadcrumbs and find where the problem is and, and offer a solution. But I was a bit disappointed by the hotel manager just kind of like shrugging her shoulders and saying, well, you know, it's a long contract and they get tired towards the end. Well, that's that's not okay. Then then we got to work on changing that because it's not fair to the employees. Forget the passengers for a minute. It's not fair to the employees as people. And I think you'd agree with me. All right. I'm out of time. Uh, I hope this was uh, a good episode and uh, there was a little bit of a lesson there. Next week, we uh, chapter 99, we're going to talk about the differences between hiring and selecting employees. I think you'll find it interesting. Thank you very much for tuning in and have a great rest of your day or evening.